What is up, everyone? Welcome into another Empire State of Sports. Happy post-Memorial Day weekend, although a bit of a different one than normal. I'm sure not quite as fun, although except for some people in Lake Ozark who seem to have had a, a great time. <laughs> they did. <laughs> seems, seems like they had just a perfectly normal time, which may not be societally acceptable or that smart, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> really. Don't do that. It happened. It did happen. Please tap our. We're bringing people together. You can bring people together here. You can communally come together and listen to the Empire State of Sports. I'm Jackson Agello. And I'm Biko Scala. Now let's jump right into it, Biko. Here's what people need to know Japan will start playing baseball in less than a month. Uh, we'll explain Thor's battle with a Manhattan landlord. The NBA being a- saved by Mickey Mouse? Sounds like Mickey Mouse is going to save the day, but. The governor of New York is allowing NBA practice facilities to open up. What our question is, is will the Knicks even play this year? We start off here with Japan announcing that baseball's coming back. And, you know, next to the MLB, Japan's right there with that next tier. It's like Spain's league in basketball. It's that same idea. It's that, you know, next tier in the world. And that, that sport is massive in Japan. Their fan bases are crazy at those games. So another positive step, because that, that was a country that was greatly affected by the coronavirus as well. So it's, it's progress to see some of those step forward. Yeah, it is very cool to see. Um, Japan will be joining the KBO in Korea and uh, or the KBO yes the KBO in Korea and Taiwan who is the pioneer of this whole thing and it's good to see more and more countries establish dates and get back to action playing baseball and it just my hope is that it puts the screws on major league baseball a little bit um, as the owners and the players union are currently squabbling back and forth over money basically and obviously this safety conditions of how they will play but money is at the forefront of discussions right now um but as you mentioned uh japan is definitely the number two baseball league in the world and the kbo is probably number three so now we have two really top-notch baseball leagues playing albeit on the other side of the globe but we live in a digital world it's quite easy for us to watch those uh, and, and get our baseball from that. So at least we have a little something, something, a little more adding to the spectrum. I've loved the KBO so far this year. I'm excited to see what Japan will bring to the table and hoping that uh, it can maybe push MLB in the right direction. The two biggest parts about this are just, well, not the two biggest, just the biggest is just pushing the MLB forward maybe a little bit and giving some insight ahead to there could be widening the time the sports come back. We've seen. KBO have some success with it so far. Now, now little with me, because I'm curious, how much KBO have you actually watched? I haven't watched any games live. I've just been following like some highlights, and uh, I follow Dan Kurtz on Twitter, uh, who's basically Mr. KBO. So I get a lot of great gifts and stuff from him, and inside info on on who's playing well. Um, I couldn't, I still couldn't like name a player in the league off the top of my head right now. I'm just kind of enjoying it from afar. Uh, fair enough. I, I was wondering about that as a people because I know when it first pops up and 
you know, you see it, it's like, oh, something. Here, here, here is something. So I, I was wondering if people were actually hitting it up to watch it or not. And uh, my my hint was probably not, especially because the just the times that it's on, obviously. But it right, is something. I, yeah. I, I've tuned in Definitely. for a couple innings here and there. Yes. You know? Yeah. But not not a full game. Yeah. I've I likewise. I am I'm loving the bat flips have been terrific just as we predicted at the start of this thing. Funny thing, yesterday yesterday I was throwing together like a little Manny Ramirez Red Sox uh career highlights, a little one minute job to throw on Instagram. And kind of seems like a lot of his bat flips I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, but it seems like a KBO inspired bat flip. I'd I'd be interested to look into that. It's kind of the he just finishes his swing and the bat flip is a part of that swing. How many people in the MLB ha- have done that? I feel like Ken Griffey was a classic where he would he would just finish his swing and that bat would fall right behind him. But Manny and you know Manny did end up going over and playing. I don't remember what country he ended up playing in, but I wonder if Manny Ramirez has anything to do with the way bat flips are just amazing in the KBO or if it's just a correlation, not causation. <laughs> I wonder we'll have to, we'll have to ask Manny, I guess. Get him on the pod. You know, I think that's the only way to solve it, but Japan is a positive step forward. Another positive step forward is, is right here in New York. Governor Cuomo announcing that, he wants sports to come back. And that may sound small. That may sound like, oh, yeah, well, no duh. Yeah, of course. I want sports back. Pico, you want sports back. We all want sports back. It's just stating the obvious. But it may sound like stating the obvious, but the fact that he said that is a positive step forward in potentially getting them back because saying they're not important. Well, then they're pretty going to be pretty far down on the list of getting helped forward. And during this time frame, you need all the help you can get to try and get something going, to try and get something organized. Definitely. And, I, you know, just the act of opening up or allowing the practice facilities to open up is good. They're actually, I think, on the Knicks and the Nets, there aren't that many guys who are still local. You know, a lot of people are home or, or in different parts of the U.S. Uh, training. So, you know, there's a few guys who I know are still in the city. And it's nice with the, like the regulations, you can't have more than four guys practicing at once. There's no, you can't scrimmage, uh, you can't have coaches involved, you know, so it's very bare bones, but it's great to just, you know, be able to have that opportunity for guys to come back to the Knicks or the Nets facilities in particular and, and, you know, get together in groups of four at the most, play some basket hoops. It's, it's good to see that. And on the wake of, you know, our, our number one topic, Japan getting back in action. It looks like the NBA is aiming for a late July resume, resumation, resume, resumification, resume for the season, resumption, resumption of the season. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Uh, Late July. And, you know, MLB was, has had this like July 4th date for, a really long time since since uh, a few months ago in, in this pandemic starting up. And you wonder if, as we haven't really heard anything come out from Major League Baseball that is really positive 
um, towards the season starting up if the NBA is just going to be able to leapfrog baseball here because from all the reports, it looks like they are really close with Disney to playing base or playing basketball in one site only in Orlando and just having everyone stay in the resorts and sounds like a pretty great time. Sounds like they've got it all figured out. Um, they might just pass pass baseball just like that. So, you know, it's, it's good that the guys in New York can start practicing because their NBA might be the next league to start up in the U S even though uh, major league baseball looked like it was ahead of the ball. Sounds like Mickey is taking some of those Fantasia powers and sprinkling some pixie dust all over the NBA right now. Uh, no doubt about that. And you know what? Honestly, I feel like it's a great place to start playing basketball just in general in that they're doing it in Disney World because it's this magical land and where, uh, you know, everyone could use a little imagination right now to, to picture a world, I guess, just to picture a normal world. Now, um, do, do they let the players ride the rides? That's a great question. I kind of feel like you have to. I mean, like, what's the what's the risk in that if you put one guy like on every row or something? I I would love the video of Dion Waiters riding Space Mountain or really any roller coaster. Yeah, likewise, especially depending on uh, if he's had any gummy bears beforehand as well. <laughs> exactly. I mean, imagine him. We've seen him certainly have an interesting time. On an airplane, I would like to have have more relaxed time on Space Mountain, but I would still enjoy seeing it. Oh, no doubt. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't want my boy Q Salam Dion to get too freaked out on uh, you know the Tower of Terror or something. But you know, plane rides when you you hit some turbulence, you get that uh, roller coaster feeling. They can be concerning. They can be it's, concerning. I mean, you could you could argue if he had some turbulence up there that he's, he's warmed up and he's ready to take that next level. And if we're talking numbers, more pl- I actually don't have the numbers on that. that. That could be totally wrong. It's a great question, especially because you just glitched out a little bit on my screen, so I have no idea what numbers you're talking about. I said, uh, I, I said more <laughs> roller coasters or less roller coasters have cl- crashed than planes, but I, I don't totally know the numbers behind that. I'm, I'm going to – plant my flag on that take and say, yeah, there's been less roller coaster accidents than plane accidents. And I'm going to, I'm going to say also there's been less roller coaster deaths than deaths in planes. I'm going to, I don't even need Mark and stats to research that. I'm going to back you up here. Yeah. I, I don't, I feel like that's just a numbers game. Like there, there, there's way more plane flights and whatnot than, than <laughs> there are uh, roller coaster rides out there. Well, that's that's a good question. Do are more p- flights taken a day, or do more roller coasters take one lap around? Because you know, a it's plane gotta, flight. It's got to be plane flights because when you think about like plane flights are everywhere, but roller coasters aren't. Right. You know, people are taking flights out of every country. And, you know, some don't have roller coasters. And roller coasters, they're seasonal here in this part of the state, so it's not like people can go hop on one every day. That is very true. And during uh, this, t- this time, airplanes are definitely getting a big old lead because, like, nobody's going to go hop on some roller coasters during corona, but some people still take some flights. Let's see if Google can answer how many roller coasters are ridden every day. Well, I'm sure Mark can get us that. 
What do you got, Mark? What do you got, Mark? What's the odds of dying on a roller coaster? One in 24 million. I like those odds. We've, we've gone off the rails here. One in 5.4 million are the odds of dying in an airplane. Just got that too. So we like, yeah. are right. Like almost, almost 25% less of a chance of dying on a roller coaster than in an airplane. So how about that? Someone tell Dion. I, I, I do have to say, I don't think I can. Can you die of fear on a roller coaster? Some people are also asking. I, I don't think I can find a statistic right here with how many roller coasters are ridden every day. Because that's, the, that's there's definitely, uh, I, I looked up, there's 150,000 planes, I think it said, leave every day. And the thing with roller coasters is your average flight has to take, I don't know, at least, you know, like I don't know, three or four hours where your average roller coaster is probably a minute and a half, two minutes. So yeah. Sure, you know, there's definitely a lot more opportunities to be taking flights, but those roller coasters, they're running, 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 you know, and they get back to the start, quick unload, quick loading back up. You know, a plane gets in, takes a couple hours to get people off and people on and, you know, change the crew or whatever. That, that roller coaster just has to stop, raise the bars, file them out, get, get a new bunch of people on. But I will say, though, there are, with the larger number of planes, and each plane, for the most part, the bigger planes all seat more people than the roller coasters. Right. So, That's yeah, true. You add, you add that numbers game in too. And there are a lot of smaller flights that take like smaller number of people. I think, I think it's just, I think the planes just got it locked up. Well, we'll have to talk to someone at 538 or something and uh, yeah. get the best no and greatest part. No offense to Mark. On that, Mark you know? But I think he's failing this year. I think, <laughs> like I think. Term project. He he does have the dream of the internship at five thirty eight, but I don't quite know. I think this might be above his pay grade. Get getting to the bottom of how many roller coasters are ridden every day. That's tough. It's like his life's work in statistics, and and we need it now. And, uh, and look, we, we know that you know working for the Empire State Sports, we ask a lot of him. You know, we ask some. True. We ask the tough questions. He definitely didn't many expect. Hats have to look all that up today but you know that's what he's here for he's a he's a great guy he's very helpful and you know we, we give it we get him a lot of reps we get him a lot of practice and in the end the Knicks and Nets might be returning to practice soon but it may not really matter for the Knicks because I mean sounding like they're probably not going to have much of a season left to play yeah I mean just on uh, a couple of the proposals that have made it out of the um, proposal room. I think that's where you make proposals, proposal rooms. Yeah, um, they have a designated room, I think. Right. So the, the proposals that have made it out of the NBA proposal rooms, um, one of them I saw was just bringing back your 16 playoff teams. Another one was bringing back 22 teams for a play-in tournament. And the Knicks currently sitting at 12th place in the East as we speak here. Um, they would need a 24-team scenario to be able to play any basketball. So this kind of harkens back to um, Governor Cuomo opening up practice facilities and stuff. Is that It's cool. You can get some Knicks back there practicing, but they might be back practicing for the 2020-2021 season at this point. Uh, we'll see about that. 
Yeah, these propose the proposal uh, proposal zooms. I guess it's probably more likely that probably don't have. It's actually much more accurate. I bet. Yeah. Face to face meetings, but I I would say for the Knicks, I I don't think the NBA should have the Knicks playing any basketball. I don't <laughs> think it's necessary. I actually do like the idea of having a brief little round robin to decide who gets the six, seven, eight seeds that are still sort of up for grabs. Just because I right. think it would be fun to see, you know, down the stretch, can the Pelicans as the Trailblazers make a run? You have a couple star-type talents that you would love to see in the play. Like, I would love to see Zion. Obviously, who wouldn't want to see more Zion? Everyone seems to want to watch him. And Definitely. Dame and Ormello trying to make a bid for the, the playoffs. is Something I wouldn't want to have shortchanged. And even if it was a different type of format of just a little round robin maybe amongst those teams to decide it giving some form of advantage to the teams that already do have a lead I don't know it's not it's it's not easy to work out and no matter what you do in that it won't be perfectly fair I get that but still I think sometimes you got a short chain to the fact that you know what's what's most fair here even though it won't be perfectly fair just to get us up and running. Yeah, and I mean, I I agree that I certainly don't need to see the Knicks play again this year. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson and, you know, Kevin Knox. I'll lump him in there too. Um, it'd be nice to see them play a little bit, you know, but it's extremely unnecessary. I mean, Disney World does have over 20,000 hotel rooms, so there's not a lack of room to – house all 30 uh 32 nba teams 32 i think all 32 nba teams um 30 30 30 32 nfl 30 nba 30 mlb um 30 so you know there's not a lack of space but when you boil it down it's like how much do we need to see the Hornets and the Knicks play or the Bulls and the Pistons when, um, you know, their, their season is clearly, clearly over and the more teams you have playing, the more risk there is for a disaster contamination-wise. Because it's also just the more people you're bringing in. Like with right. each team, you still are going to need some essential personnel from each team. Definitely. And that, that even goes for the Knicks. That goes for all these teams. So, so let's bring them all back. I love the idea. It sounds great. But in the end, when you bring them all back, that's who knows how many more. I don't know quite how many people each team will be allotted to bring. I know, I know they're working on like a cap on that. Right. To ensure maximum safety for each team. So it's it's TBD on how many people each team will bring, but you got to figure it's it's at least fifteen to twenty more for each team. So you add that in for you know five or six teams, and you're looking at a couple hundred more people potentially. And while normally that may not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things, when normally you're dealing with you know a thousand workers for each team and stadiums filled with twenty thousand people. It may not sound like a lot, but every single person has come in contact with who knows how many more people. So you just start multiplying things around. Things get 
X to this time to this time <laughs> and just all just increase the danger factor. Well, yeah, that's the thing is one person can do an immense amount of damage with this disease with how contagious it is. So, yeah, and I guess the besides getting to watch the young guns on the Knicks play a little bit, I guess the most important reason to bring the Knicks back this season if possible or if worth it um would be so they can lose some games and fall back a little bit and get higher in this nba draft that is you know not close to as strong as it normally is um you know the dream last year was the zion katie and Kyrie show um none of that worked out in typical knicks fashion so i would in a in a perfect world i'd love for the knicks to come back um, the young guys look great. They're they're playing out of their minds. They've been they've found some new power practicing at home throughout this whole thing. But also, they're playing out of their minds, not good enough to win, <laughs> and they lose. And uh, my Knickerbockers can get can get a serious draft pick. Yeah, that's that's what they're they're really working for. They can use to slide down a couple slots. Yeah. <laughs> They could, they could use another another big guy to bring on in. Uh, yeah, you could say that. And, I mean, you know, I just got a quick minute here to say this thing that I'm teeing up so perfectly. And that's <laughs> um, honestly one of the biggest reasons, I mean, probably the biggest reasons for Knicks fans at all to get the NBA season over with is once the NBA season is over with, then we can actually have a draft lottery and a draft. Like I was actually just kind of thinking of this the other day is I was like, when, like, I would love to just like, why can't the NBA just do a draft lottery and then get this draft going so we can have like, you know, some more content. The NFL draft was so awesome. Why can't the NBA do that? And I was like, Oh yeah, their season isn't over. So their standings aren't finalized. So they, can't put the correct odds in for you know <laughs> for the draft and like rats that that really pinholes them into they kind of either have to get the ball rolling here and get playing so that they can finish up and start the draft process or they have to you know put the kibosh on this whole thing so they can start the draft process and just just go as is um and I as personally as we would get, like to play, obviously. As soon as we get some draft process going, too, that means that uh, we can finally get some more LeVar ball going crazy talking about LaMelo. I mean, that's, that's all we need. That's all we yeah, need. Yeah, that is the content I'm looking for right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm all in on LaMelo. If somehow the Knicks got the number one overall pick, there's no one I'd rather they grab. Interesting. I, I like him a lot as a player. I just get concerned about his father's – pull potentially on his brain and psyche yeah big baller brand in the mecca <laughs> we, we've seen him in la maybe maybe they're more new york people even they're from california I, I i will say not to get too deep in the weeds of draft talk but i mean the knicks have openly said it that they they need a scoring point guard um frank is great but he doesn't really score <laughs> he's you know he's a great defender and that's about it so far that frank's shown um so you know if the number one overall pick wasn't available uh and you're not getting Lamelo, if that's where he goes 
Um, I, I do really like, I've been watching some footage of uh, the point guard from Iowa State, um, Tyrese Halliburton. Because after that, after LaMelo, it's probably Tyrese Halliburton or Cole Anthony. And I witnessed a lot of Cole Anthony firsthand last year watching ACC basketball and, and watching him light up cues. But this, this cat, Tyrese Halliburton, averaged like 15, 6, and 6 last year was only a three-star recruit, has, has really shined. He's got, I think his freshman year, he led the nation in turnovers to assist ratio. Um, and, and that's quite appealing as well. So there are, you know, it's not an OP draft compared to the past, but I, I do honestly like all three of the top guards and who the Knicks could grab. It would be most interesting for them to grab LaMelo in part because, I mean, one, the man currently owns a basketball team. They're just yeah. imagining in the city. Just He would have some luxurious spot up in the city. It would probably be pretty sick. Yeah, um, I wouldn't doubt that he would have an electric apartment. And honestly, at, at this point, I, I think we could even talk about Noah Syndergaard, Thor's electric apartment that, that wasn't in Tribeca um, because he was – prepared to rent this place for $27,000 a month for the year. Um, obviously, would never made it into the city because of COVID concerns. Um, and from what he says, he offered his landlord two-month rent, so well over $50,000, you know, like $54,000, to just terminate the lease. And the landlord is not having it. That guy wants his, what's 27000 times 12? Like, well over $260,000 in rent so so poor i mean it's uh personally here um on thor's side and like just everything like you just have to be considerate in times like this like why like there's a there's a pandemic you're really gonna charge this guy for a year of rent like he's giving you free two free months of rent not not living in the apartment at all he's in florida and then you know Whenever they can come back, maybe he'll just take the apartment again, or you'll sell it to someone else. It's a twenty-seven thousand dollar apartment. Someone's gonna buy it. Like I don't, I don't get what the big deal is here. But also, I'm not the landlord of a twenty-seven thousand dollar a month apartment, so I don't really know <laughs> how your mind works in such a situation. I'm on Thor's side from the moral complex here of just doing the right thing. It seems like again, you know, I don't know all the details. Who knows? That's what. That's what Thor is telling us. I have no reason not to trust what he says, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, you never know what's really going on with these types of things. Uh, I trust the little I know so far. I'm on Thor's side. You know, who, who knows where that goes as the future comes on? But yeah, from the general moral principle, I, I would say it seems like Thor is in the right, and you know, this whoever landlord, and you know. You know how NYC landlords can be kind of all over the place at times, sketchy and definitely crazy. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing, though, that uh, is cool, it kind of stirred the pot. And Thor's a pretty active guy in the Twitterverse. Um, and a guy tweeted at him, uh, GunterDog99, actually, display name chief. Yeah, you, GunterDog always stirring the pot. Um, he said, yeah, this guy's a monster for wanting you to live up to a lease agreement signed by both of you. How would you react if the team suddenly said, yeah, not nah, to your contract? So, you know, Chief, 
Gunter dog here, 99, it was trying to add some fuel to the fire saying like, well, what's going on with the MLB contract negotiations? Um, how would you feel if you just nullified a contract? And, and Thor was ready. Um, he said, you mean like MLB did to every player this contract year due to COVID pandemic? which the players negotiated and expected to be paid on a prorated basis per games because it's fair for both parties like that question mark. Did I scream all caps, but my contract question mark. No, <laughs> just shut up chief. Kind <laughs> of put him in the bag. Honestly. Um, so it's, it's another insight into um, a very prominent MLB player. I'll say an MLB star in Thor, even though he hasn't really produced the past two seasons. He's a star. Um, Still a star. Yeah, that can't not be a star when you're throwing like 100 mile an hour two seams that break like six inches and you've got a beautiful flowing hair of a Greek god. <laughs> oh, I guess Greek god. Um, more like a Viking god. Thor was a Viking god. Yeah, he's def- he's more Viking than Greek god, I think, for sure. Yeah, just in general, I think, by the by his build. Everything, yeah. I think you're right about that. And the Nordic name. His name's a little... Cindergaard, the double A? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that screams Nordic. That slaps me in the face with Nordicity. <laughs> I don't know if Nordicity is how they refer to it, but it seems, it seems Nordic. Definitely, Nordicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how much Nordic you have going on. I think that's, that's uh, at least Urban Dictionary. Well, in that case, then, the level of pure competition was at an all-time level, two days ago, rather, in Florida, where Tiger and Peyton took down Phil and Tom Brady in what was very aptly called the match. Pretty much sums up what it was. With it was a match. <laughs> with, honestly, it was awesome. I, that was the best thing I think I've watched in sports so far during this pandemic. Like I was really just gripped by that for pretty much the entirety of it, despite the crazy weather and everything. And mind you, for a great, they raised $20 million for coronavirus. It's a lot of chickens. That is... Quite a few chickens. Yeah, I was also a big fan of it. I was working yes- yesterday um, and was just trying to find a stream while I was working. So, like, I, I kind of had it on in the corner of my eye, um, but I caught all the great moments on Twitter. Uh, you actually captured probably the best moment of the whole day in your own little way on Twitter when Tom Brady, the goat, bent down and ripped his pants. You were prepared for that. I, I got to say, kudos to you the meme you cooked up real quick on that one that was that was pretty that actually gave me a laugh out loud chuckle <laughs> i just remember the spon- as soon as i saw it I, I just thought of the spongebob pants or anything it just right away just triggered it and the funniest part about that whole him ripping his pants to me is just like his day seemed like it was getting better like his day started off like so terrible one is boring one, it's pouring rain. That's for everyone. But number two, he – him and Peyton both didn't really play well in the front nine. But Tom seemed to be in the woods, like, every shot. The three guys – the other three guys would all be over somewhere around the green, and they'd be like, oh, where's Tom? 
then he'd be ripping some shot in from the woods. And he had that chip right in front of the green where he just pushed it forward like three yards. Like, that's tough footage. Seemed like every drive he hit was a vicious slice somewhere <laughs> far away. He had the one where Tiger said, oh, I think that's in the fairway, just on a different hole. <laughs> like, Tom, it was looking terrible for him. And then he finally, you know, Chuck's getting in his ear. Right. He finally gets uh, that amazing shot uh, for Birdie that, you know, temporarily shuts up Chuck, gets right. him the money that Brooks Kepka put out yeah. there for Tom if he, got a, if he managed at least a par on one of the holes. Real quick, 100K, real quick. And then you're like, oh, okay, Tom's turning it around. He's a decent golfer. You know, he has a a solid handicap of eight, I think. Like, he's a solid golfer. Like, okay, he's turning things around. And while his play did improve after that, he he goes up there and splits his pants open, (laughs) which is just fantastic. I mean, and then he's wearing those goofy – gigantic pans the rest of the way because you know got to cover up when you split your pants open you know what who had a great tweet and who often has great tweets but big cat did you see he uh he posted i think like pretty quickly the picture of it was ed cooley um the providence coach who ripped his pants i think in march madness and had to wear the towel uh to cover up the what had gone down downstairs um, that was that. That also made me chuckle. So your your SpongeBob reference and Big Cat's Ed Cooley, Providence head coach, uh, like it was like two or three March Madnesses ago. Those are my uh, those are my big winners of social media during, throughout the match. <laughs> now Ed Cooley definitely got a lot of attention for him doing that at the time. Right. But which one do you think is worse? Because Tom Tom didn't do it necessarily there. Obviously, with corona concerns, there weren't a ton of people live there watching it. And, but Ed Cooley did it in front of, you know, fifteen to 20,000 people and more, more online and on TV. But I'm thinking Brady probably hit more people on TV. I think so, too. Even though, even though NCAA tournament gets a ton of viewers, I, right. I think that individual game compared to this – match and I haven't seen the ratings numbers Mark will have those for us next week but definitely for how many people that match got yesterday but I gotta imagine it's more than that individual NCAA tournament game um yeah I have a quick google search of the match ratings comes up with a big goose egg for for Mark in culinary farm of uh, Saugerties New York but yeah uh Thought it was, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I loved, it was over a year ago now, the Tiger versus Phil, just mano y mano for, what was it, like $9 million or something? Um, with, with the money just laid out. Money. Yeah, with the money laid out on the 18th hole. Um, that was pretty awesome. I, I really like this, though, too, in that you still have the – mega combat competitors two of two of i mean tiger might be the greatest golfer of all time phil's a legendary golfer in this generation in his own respect um maybe the greatest lefty golfer of all time that's a that's a question for mark um 
But yeah, I, I love it. It's awesome that they were doing it for charity that they raised over $20 million. That's really cool. And it was watching Tom Brady, as you mentioned, like struggle so much um, and have the little chip that just sputters out in front of him and just cutting, cutting balls left and right. Like that really warms your heart, you know, because I've never related to him more. Right. And there's all, there's so many people tweeting like, Oh, I can beat Tom Brady at golf. Like that's so awesome. Um, which is like, good for you. He's got seven Super Bowl rings, but still, um, or six, only six, only six. Don't worry. Tried to, tried to give him that Eagles. It's a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, it was cool. A nice humbling experience for one of the greatest athletes, um, in the history of the NFL. I mean, I guess not, not like stature wise, but, in what he's done, obviously, probably the greatest NFL player of all time. Um, and and I think this golf course is nice. This was so much better than the Tiger versus Phil matchup, just because I think having four people like Tiger's personality isn't necessarily the most like in your face. You know what I mean? True. He's yeah, good for a one liner from time to time. Yeah. Well, on the golf course, like, he had a couple good ones, dude, and not like aggressively in your face. So I think having Peyton there as just an instigator was great because I think Peyton was the, the biggest help towards things. Like Phil's goofy. He's funny. Uh, Tom, from time to time, he's, he's more in that tiger realm of things. Like they're both good for some one-liners here and there. But Peyton's good for just like every time he opened his mouth, like it's funny. Yeah, and going after Brady, you know, saying he thought about having Eli Caddy for him. He thought about maybe Nick Foles. And it's funny that, I mean, I guess it makes sense that Eli wasn't too far because Eli's Payne's brother, even though he beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but as soon as Payton brought up Nick Foles, Tom was like, well, that's too far, man. You didn't have, yeah. to, you didn't have to bring up Philly Special. <laughs> yeah, I love I mean, it was just great seeing Payton because he's not afraid to just say whatever he doesn't give a shit yeah and and you are right that especially i feel like through at least the first half of when it was just tiger versus phil they were pretty quiet like phil was making some comments tiger was kind of keeping to himself a little bit like they're just not incredibly extroverted guys on the golf course and like you know they're not used to doing play-by-play of their own match basically even though they had you know ej and barkley and them um to help them out um, it was a lot of like Phil's heavy breathing when they're walking from from shot to shot, um, and then like you know like uh, it was like a question of uh, what someone's oh you still staying in this house yeah yeah okay it's like all right so that that is true you you get in more uh, you get in a great personality like Peyton Manning and pair him up against Tom Brady and it just adds so much more to the whole event so yeah big fan um, I would love to see them do it again maybe some maybe some different quarterbacks maybe some different uh like i'd love to get brooks kepka in on it and like like maybe brooks kepka and uh ricky fowler get some get some uh more serious you know not bigger names in golf but probably better players at this point and also bigger personalities on the golf side you know i'd like to mix and match this up maybe get maybe get so my next match, I'm going to throw it together right now. I want Brooks and Ricky and OBJ 
along with Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think I actually want Ben Roethlisberger. I just thought that would be funny. <laughs> ben kind of shocked me. I was like, he came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. That that Kermit-esque voice. Put it Steph Curry out there. There you go. How about that? Yeah, start mixing Steph and Steph Curry's low-key like a, a dynamite golfer, though. Really? I feel like I've, I feel like I've read a story about that once, but I, I, I can't remember. Steph's a really good golfer, and so is Justin Timberlake. They were paired together at that uh, sick tournament out in it, at Lake Tahoe. Oh, uh, that celebrity one they play every year. Yeah, uh, Utah. They're both low-key kind of dirty. Like, they have great swings. Yeah, and if we wanted to see, like, the best of the best from every sport, I'd be into that, too, because, like, Aaron Hicks uh, of the Yankees. Too. Like, when he was at that yeah. – at that <laughs> I would love to see somebody out there just hitting nukes. Yeah, it's kind of like the idea of having the uh, like a dunk competition right now of non-NBA athletes. Like, how about the best of the best? I mean, obviously, he's retired and not that exciting to watch golf, but John Smoltz is a really incredible golfer, too, and also calls the World Series. So, you know, still a very prominent name and a Hall of Famer. He'd, it'd be cool to – it'd be cool. You could get people from I will say that over. I did – One thing I did love for sure about this was the use of the golf cart because by comparison, like last weekend they did that tournament with Ricky, um, Dustin Johnson, Rory, and that young Mr. Wolf with the weird swing that absolutely hits tanks. Yeah. Uh, their turn, theirs was fun to watch. Like I watched some of that, not nearly as much as I did of this. But it was just so much faster having these guys whip around than having them walk around like the time in between shots it just felt so much slower like the pace of play just like kind of dragged on a bit at times meanwhile this just cranked through like they were just whipping around in those cards that were sold for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars afterwards right like that was sick i love that i i would personally i wouldn't hate if all of golf had cards yeah or even if they're concerned about that many players using carts on these nice ass courses. Yeah. What Bubba Watson has? Like, let's let's trick those out. What's Bubba Watson got? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you haven't seen? It? He's got like this hover thing. No way. Yeah, he's had it for a few years now. Like, you would think it's like a brand new thing, but no, he's had this for a while. Like, if you look Bubba Watson like hover cart up, you'll see it. the thing whips around it's awesome and it's got to be good for the courses because it's you know not tires and heavy wow very interesting it's like a it's like a duck boat kind of in that it's all terrain huh yeah i know right it's pretty cool and i i do wonder what's going on under that like big black like bubbly bottom yeah you Um, just don't know but I feel like, I mean, like all of these, you see him going across the golf court. Um, and wow, with like the jet, with like the jet pack propelled, that's, that could be the golf cart of the future right there. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's crazy because the whole idea of it came out in like 2013. And I've just seen nothing more really with it anywhere else other than Bubba Watson, which is crazy. 
because it looks so cool. You would think there would be more of them. Yeah, I wonder it's how still many... some time away. Oh, yeah, I wonder how many schmeckles that thing will ring you up for. Probably a little bit more than your average golf golf cart. Yeah, probably more than I, I would be willing to schmeckle out there, for sure. Well, I could say that with confidence, actually. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be willing to schmeckle around nearly enough for that. I definitely, I definitely don't have the loose change in my coffers to scrape together one of these right now. But, I mean, at some point in my life, I think it, it, I, I would have to get a lot of other things first. But eventually, if I really hit it big, doing whatever, uh, might have to get after Bubba Watson's golf cart. Uh, probably at that point, it's much cheaper than it is now. And you know what? My future kids, when you ask them, I'm sure they'll give the right answer here of, well, would they rather go to college or me have this hover cart? I think in the end, that's going to come out in my favor. Definitely. And I would, in, if I was in your shoes, I would let my kids drive it too, so you know. It's yeah, not no, they like could drive it. Not drive too it much, you know. They gotta, they gotta. Gotta be supervised. Yeah, yeah, and you know, also, what's more important too, like some big expensive wedding? Ah, no, no, no. Let's go. Let's go down to the courthouse and instead, let's get this hover cart. Yeah. Now, now Boom. you're talking and my language. That that one sounds a little morally better than the, than the kids in college would. Know? <laughs> yeah. That, one, that one could be construed as a little selfish. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to look out for number one, Jackson. That's a good point. That's a good point. And we're looking out for all you number ones out there here on the Empire State of Sports every week. It's what we do. You what you need. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, the old classic little glitchers in there. I mean, we can always we can always cut it cut it out or just leave it raw. Well, we'll never know what you were saying there. <laughs> That'll be one of the great mysteries of this podcast. The world may never know. Just like how many licks it takes to get in the center of a tinsel pop. One of the great mysteries. Yep. Uh, one, a two, a three. <laughs> there it goes every time. That that slick old owl just devours that puppy and we'll never know it's messed up but wily fellow maybe we can uh actually i'm I'm sure you can google how many licks does it get take to get to the center of a tootsie pop that's definitely a conquered issue by this point in time yeah you can you can it's it's been averaged out like people have like yeah done weird studies on it yeah i was gonna say crazy yeah i was gonna say we could do it next week for the pod um it's a lot of effort. That's a lot of licks on a Tootsie Pop for something that's probably already been significantly researched. Imagine us sitting here on this podcast giving our listeners just like, I'm one lick in. <laughs> hey, I'm 50 licks in here, guys. Still got a lot, long way to go. Yeah, just play-by-play of uh, how we're feeling as we lick this thing like 10,000 times. <laughs> that's our whole podcast next week. <laughs> from start to finish on today's podcast we will lick a tootsie pop hey so make sure to tune in next tuesday when we will definitely all we're gonna do is we're gonna lick to- tootsie pop that's a that's a guarantee that's all you need to know that's the sports competition you've been missing and it's what you need we'll see you next week see you later